Matt, Matt, oh my God. Oh my God. They released a new Avengers trailer. They released a new Avengers trailer. Oh, oh. All right, welcome back to Ten Cent Review, uh, your number one podcast for movies, music, comics, and culture. Wow. Yeah, right? I got I to write this time. I got to write this time. Nailed it. Way yeah. to go. Way to go. Uh, we are your fantastic hosts. I'm Anthony. And I'm Matt. And welcome to the show. Uh, if this is your first time listening, uh, we're, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun tonight. Yeah. Uh, if it's not your first time listening, then uh, welcome back. You know, uh, we're, we're excited. We have some really cool news, some trailers to go over. We're going to talk about uh, Captain Marvel, which I'm sure everyone has already seen and is excited about. Um, yeah. And then uh, and, and we'll talk about, you know, who won the weekend and and obviously uh, and go from there. But first, but first, breaking news today on the pop culture circuit. <laughs> breaking news, breaking news on the pop culture circuit. Uh, apparently, apparently, not apparently, apparently, it's like a fact. Yeah, uh, fact now. Cory Booker is just giving it to Rosario Dawson. <laughs> I don't know if you could put it like that. <laughs> sure, I can. <laughs> It's consensual. Uh, I mean, so not only are presidential candidate. Cory Booker uh, and Rosario Dawson dating, and have they been dating for a while now? But apparently, it's very, very serious. They're madly in love, quote can unquote, you, so to speak. Can you imagine how great it would be to have a a first lady debate between Melania and <laughs> and Rosario Dawson? I mean, that's just like a ridiculous idea, right there. <laughs> like, it's just so ridiculous to think about, but. The, the possibility of having Rosario Dawson as our first lady, that's just amazing. Like, yeah. she's just such a cool person. Like, I had the opportunity to meet Rosario when I was at a rap party for uh, Lou Pucci. Uh, Lou Pucci had, had did a movie that was filmed in Pennsylvania, in, in, in Philadelphia. Um, uh, I'm me, trying to me. Point, point of parliamentary procedure. We were both there. Dickhead. That's right. You were the asshole. Were you there? Yes, I, I was there. <laughs> so we were there. We were talking to Rosario Dawson, and she's just one of the coolest, most down-to-earth people that you're ever going to meet. Um, and frankly, I think that this is a match made in heaven. Really excited. Um, we try not to get political on this show, despite it being a big part of our culture. Uh, we don't want to get political, but I will say uh, I will usually never vote for a Republican or a Democrat uh, just because I don't believe in a two-party system. However, if Cory Booker wins the Democratic nod, I will happily vote for Cory Booker because I believe in him. I think that he's done great things for uh, not only the city of Newark, but the state of New Jersey. And I believe that he is a presidential candidate that we really could believe in. I think he's a good person. I would do it just to help the fact or help uh, push the fact that comic books at that point will have truly taken over the country because Rosario yeah. Dawson has been not only in Sin City, she's also yep. been in several different installments of the, uh, well, mostly all now defunct Netflix Marvel series as Nightmares, yeah. you know, and the, that's just, the comic books are taking over. The geeks are taking over. The geeks are taking over. It would be so great. To what a time a, to be alive. And I think, isn't she... <laughs> 
isn't she also? I feel like I read this about her that she's actually like in real life, like a Vin Diesel type, like an actual nerd in real life. Like she's oh, very yeah. much into comic books and pop culture and all that shit, right? Yeah. When I was talking to her at the rap party, um, she was talking about a whole bunch of the Sin City comic books that she had actually read, um, and it was right after uh, she had filmed. Um, uh, not Grindhouse, Death Proof, right? So she yeah. was in Death Proof, and it was right after she had done that movie, and she was talking about Machete, right? And she was talking about um, how cool of a movie concept it was, and she was really hoping uh, that it was something that was going to get actually made, and then it turns out that it did. Yeah, you know? but she was she was just she was just she was very nerdy. She was very nice, just so cool uh, to the point where. Uh, uh, my, my brother, God love him. I love him, <laughs> but he had a incident where he drank a little bit too much and puked all over the table. And his <laughs> one major concern was to make sure that he didn't puke in front of Rosario. <laughs> that was so great. When he came up, did I, did I puke in front of Rosario? I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it, did I? Rosario, did I? <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, so we're really excited to see how all this plays out, not because we really care uh, who gets the Democratic presidential nod, um, mostly because Rosario Dawson is awesome and hot. Yeah. And we'd love to see her as a first lady. So yeah. good for you, yeah. Cory Booker. Way to go. <laughs> Bravo, my friend. Bravo. Still got it. So um, she's 10 years his younger, too. Is she that much younger than Yeah, is? she's 39. He's 49. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize she was 30. I thought she was even younger than that. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah, hey, good for, hey, even even good. better for him. Yeah, way to go. Yeah, way to go, Cory Booker. <laughs> we support you, Cory Booker. So getting into our, getting, getting into the regularly scheduled program our portion of the program. Some uh, a lot of comic book news has come out. Um so we yep. had to we had to sort of pick and choose what we wanted to talk about this week because we don't want to bar, uh, bombard you guys with too much. So the hottest news of the week, something we've been following and talking a lot about is James Gunn is now officially directing and writing the Suicide Squad sequel. And there were, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about Harley Quinn, will she, won't we? We now know that she's going to be in it. And then yep. just last week, the news came out that Will Smith was out as Deadshot. Yep. And no sooner that news came up, come out that Idris Elba was in serious talks. Now, it hasn't been 100% confirmed yet, but the way people are reporting on it and the way people are talking about it, we're pretty sure that Idris Elba is going to be our new Deadshot, and we are excited about that. Yeah, very, very excited about it. Um, I, I think that it's a good replacement. Um, it almost seems like uh, like it was in Iron Man, right, when um, when uh, Don Cheadle yeah. took over for um, Terrence Howard. Exactly. It's like they were, you know, they 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 realized that, you know. Now it's it, it's also let's to be let's be clear, it's probably a little different. We, there was no no stories about Will Smith being difficult to deal with the way no, Terrence Howard. Was. No, not at all. But I think this is the same case of DC sort of like, you know, uh, uh, trading up, so to speak. Because uh, yeah. Idris Elba, like, I don't care what you say about Will Smith, Idris Elba is a superior actor in every sense of the word. And I think he can really bring a lot. Like, we've seen him do, we've seen Idris Elba do, unlike Will Smith, we've seen Idris Elba do a variety of different roles. He's done his dramas, he's done yep. comedy, he's done action, he's even technically done comic books before when he was in The Losers. Yep. You know, so he's no stranger to this genre of movies, and I think that not only would he do a fantastic job, far better than Will Smith, I think that this is signaling to the rest of us that DC has bigger plans down the road for not necessarily the Suicide Squad, but the character of Deadshot, because you don't bring a guy 
with the acting caliber of Idris Elba into a nothing role. Like, they've got something bigger planned for this, and we're really excited to see how that pans out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, um, you know, like we've been talking about for the last couple of, well, forever, uh, is is the soft reboot, right? So this looks like it's going to be a direct sequel, but it's going to be like one of those sequels like Home Alone 3 or Karate Kid Part 3. Right. Right. Any of the Bloodsport sequels. Right. Any of the Bloodsport or or Kickboxer sequels, right? Where it's like just loosely tied to the first movie, right? Where it doesn't have. In name only. Yeah. And like there's like one line about one character that like ties it back to the first movie. Oh, yeah. They're definitely going to do like, you know, they already killed Slipknot in the first movie. Right. Um, They basically killed uh, Diablo. And we're we're never going to hear from Captain Boomerang or Rick Flag or um well what that's other? that's not exactly correct. I heard Rick Flag is actually going to be in this movie. Oh, really? Yeah, uh-huh. I heard he's going to actually going to be in the movie cuz he's not on the list that I have written down here. We uh, do know we do know that uh I'm forgetting her name now, the woman that played Amanda Waller. Uh shit, fuck, shit, shit. Stand fuck, by, let's shit, go to the big shit, board. Fuck. Well, while Anthony's looking that up, the other thing we're excited about for this is that like we were saying they, uh, again, rumored, but it looks like we're going to get, with the exception of Deadshot and Harley Quinn, looks like we're going to get an entirely new cast of literal miscreants and fucking yeah. just off-the-wall fucking characters yeah. to, to make up the rest of the Suicide Squad. And uh, uh, Amanda Waller was played by Viola Davis. Thank you, just Viola a great Davis. actress. Thank She's you. absolutely yes. amazing. I couldn't remember her name. Yeah. Um, so, I, so In my head, I was getting her confused with... Um, uh, the one that played in uh, in Green Lantern. Yeah, that's racist. Yeah. Um, so we're going <laughs> to go down the list here of the names that are rumored to be uh, in the yeah, new the, movie. The characters, obviously, there's no actors that are attached to any of them except one. Except for one, yes. Except for one. And well, actually, let, let's start with the one. There's there is a rumor around one of them. Right. Uh, so after uh, to give you guys a little bit of context, you know, when James Gunn got fired from Disney, you all remember we talked about it. This is forever ago. Um, that the whole cast of Guardians of the Galaxy came out in support of uh, James Gunn and wanted him to be rehired. One of the most vocal of that was Dave Bautista, who plays Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. And ever since then, it's been heavily rumored that uh, that Bautista was circling some role at DC. Yeah. And now we're getting a little bit of clarity on that, is that he might be, will most likely be, cast as Peacemaker in the Suicide Squad sequel. And well, that's cool. Yeah, very meta too, right? Because Dave Bautista very vocally came out in support of James Gunn, and he tried to be the literal peacemaker between Marvel and James Gunn, and uh, just uh, unfortunately wasn't able to do it. Um, yeah. But uh, I think that's I think it's a big loss for Marvel oh, and a 100%. huge gain for uh, for for DC. Yeah, Marvel hasn't made a lot of uh, a lot of mistakes uh, in the MCU. This no. was definitely one of them. Yeah, yeah. And I think that they need to be careful because especially after Endgame, it really is a blank slate and they have to kind of go back to zero. So it's going to be like like mistakes like this, you know, you know, that's that's going to take away from the the franchise, the entire franchise. That's true. Um so so also in the in the list here, we've got uh <laughs> Rat catcher. Yeah, some real winners, some real like, top level. <laughs> I, I wouldn't even call these 
B characters. These no. are C level characters, and that is perfect. Yeah, I, I think I think we're even being generous with C level <laughs> characters. I mean, uh, you know, King Shark. Now that's definitely King Shark is definitely yeah. in the I would say a B plus level character. Yeah, and he was in uh, the Flash TV show, right? Dude, Arrow. He Ooh, was no, Flash. Yeah, Flash. Flash uh, right. He and he, he's popped around the universe like a lot of the characters have. Yeah, when when uh, when King Shark showed up in Flash, I think it was in the first season. That was such a cool little Easter egg because it was one of the yeah. filler episodes, um, and it was literally just like out of nowhere, you know, like over the police band, you know, oh, terror down in Central City and blah 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 blah. Then Flash gets down there and it's like it's reports of a giant shark, and they're like, what? And Flash gets down there and it's, and like the fans right away, like, oh, huh, it's fucking King Shark. Yeah, like, that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's <amazing>. so cool. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, and it's like a great time to be a comic book fan because yeah, something that never that. happened, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago in the 90s or in the 80s or before the, the real comic book uh, boom happened uh, was that we never got a chance to see any of these characters that like, you know, maybe as a fan you absolutely loved and you wish that you always got like an episode, right? Like that was one of the coolest things about the Justice League cartoon show was because all of a sudden you're getting all of these other characters and they're all on screen, you know, both heroes and villains. Yeah. And it was great. It was just so great. And I got to say, that's one of the things that is, I know, I know you haven't watched as much of the Arrowverse as I have. No, but not, not That is one of the things that has really set the Arrowverse apart um, is that they're with just about every filler episode there's some sort of easter egg for fans yeah and like you know for like king shark was one of them uh then it was gorilla grod and he became more of a recurring character as well mm -hmm. um there's just been like ragman was an arrow there's just been so many great little easter eggs and they all come in filler episode format, and it makes the because you know these are you know we've said before they're on the CW, so it's 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 prime time evening programming. So yeah. each ep each episode is forty five minutes long, and each season is like 22, 23 episodes. Yeah. So that's a lot of fucking story to tell yeah. over several seasons. Yeah. So the way they do that, and they've done it so well, is by making these little fan service Easter eggs. These are the filler episodes, like all these characters, because you know they're drawing from seventy years of characters and it's like okay we need to fill up time in this episode okay we're gonna get that character we're gonna get that character and, and it's just like every fan has been so happy to see all these characters show up and you know quickly actually on arrow did you hear that uh they've announced that the next season of arrow is gonna be its last season yeah i did hear that yeah, yeah. which is a, it's a shame but you know all good things come to an end right so. and arrow is gonna die in a really fantastic way because there's no way they're gonna finish there's no way they're gonna close out the show with him alive yeah, no and way. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I, I definitely uh, don't think that it's going to um, – I don't think that there's any way that he gets out alive. Nope, definitely yeah. not. But I think that's the way I think it would be cool it. if they did the um, the way that he died in the comics. Didn't he die on like a rocket in the comics? Like right. wasn't that one of the ways he died? I was going to say he's died a few times. Yeah, he has died a few and times. And I'm trying to remember because I'm not, I'm not the same sort of uh, – DC comic book scholar as I am of Marvel. Although right. I am, I am rereading and catching up on a lot of old DC thanks to the DC Universe app, which is um, brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, so, but I honestly don't. I haven't gotten to. I'm going through Green Lantern right now. I haven't gotten to Green Arrow, so I'm not sure. How he dies. <laughs> yeah, but he's definitely was, died was, more than once. Yeah, and he, the way that I'm thinking was when he died back in the '90s, and then it was the Kevin Smith line that brought him back. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you're back. right about that. Yeah. I just don't remember the specifics. Yeah, because it was it was Parallax. Parallax goes, and that's when he like right, he, sacrifices himself. Yep. To because uh, Parallax is 
Was Parallax the one that killed him? I think it was. I think it was, yeah. And then maybe it was Parallax that killed him, and then he resurrects him as, like, one of the last things that he does before he goes to uh, absorb the Sun Eater into himself. Exactly. Not really one of my favorite storylines, but very uh, – <laughs> it had its moments. It definitely had its moments. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So let's go down this list of characters here for Suicide Squad. Yeah, so rounding out the list, actually, is uh, – the now, this one, i got to be honest with you – I don't even know who this is. Polka Dot Man? Uh, I mean, this is just a classic 1970s character that was just stupid. Like, <laughs> like I'll be perfectly honest. I have no fucking clue who the like, Polka Dot Man is. Do you remember is. when Calculator was literally a guy who walked around wearing a calculator on his back? Or, 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 or Batman's villain Calendar Man, whose whole gimmick was he would only commit crimes on specific days. Yes, like, right, right. <laughs> Calendar Man. Oh, my gosh. They've oh, got some wow. DC has got some real winners in their rogues gallery, man. I'll, I'll tell you what, but yeah, I, I, I imagine Polka Dot Man. When you when you say Polka Dot Man, I envision uh, the Spot from Marvel Comics, who's a Spider-Man villain, right? And his powers are like he wears this white suit that's it, well, it looks like he's wearing a suit, but he's actually the black spots on him that look like different size black polka dots. The, you find out the spots are actually uh, portals on his body that go to, like, some, you know, whatever realm. Right. And his whole power is he creates kind of like that video game portal. Like, he creates portals everywhere. Right, then he jumps And it's through. like, this is hilarious seeing the comic where Spider-Man, like, the first time he fights him, he goes to punch him in the chest, and his hand, uh, Spider-Man's fist, goes into his chest, and then a portal opens up on the side of Spider-Man, and he punches himself in the side <laughs> of the head. It's like, it's like, just like, no classic... <laughs> And like that's what I envision Polka Dot Man as. Like, that would be hilarious. I so hope they great. do that exact thing. That would be that Dude, would be funny. Yeah, maybe. That, that's, Who knows? that's presuming I'm 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 just yeah, guessing if, what if, Polka Dot Man's powers are. are. Like, I mean, I can't. He's literally a guy who wears polka dots. What's his power? Who knows? <laughs> This is such an obscure character. It's like a, it's like a Superman two uh, before uh, the the non Richard Donner cut right. where he rips the the emblem off his chest and he throws it at you. Oh like. yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. That's what his that's what his powers are. He is super logo powers. Yeah. So so yeah so I mean we're not gonna spend too much time on this because literally nothing else is known about the movie at this time other than right. James Gunn is writing and directing. Idris Elba will most likely be Deadshot. Right. Margot Robbie is back, and we've got just like this motley crew of fucking other guys coming in to round out the roster. Right. So now the interesting thing is going to be: does this take place after uh, Birds of Prey, or is this going to take place before? Or how does this tie into Birds of Prey, especially if Margot Robbie is going to be in it? Yeah, see, I really hope it just doesn't. Like, I just, I hope it doesn't. Because doesn't tie in to Birds of Prey? At least not super directly, because the one thing, you know, we talked about this before, the one thing that DC said they're trying to do is focus more on kind of solo movies. Right. And I'd like them to, to I don't know, stick to that, because... You know, the last time they tried to do a, a team-up movie, it didn't go so well. Um, <laughs> so I, I'd like to see them try to actually stick to these individual movies and give their universe time to breathe before they start cramming everything in with the crossovers and stuff. Yeah, I agree. I, oh, empty already, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I, I, I think that, um, you know, maybe just a, a throwaway line here or there, just referring back to it. Yeah, um, small maybe, crossover. Yeah, maybe a throwaway line to the Joker, too, because, like, there was such, like, a big part of uh, Harley Quinn's character that was all based around the Joker in the last movie. So if it's going to be a direct sequel, like, how can you have Harley Quinn without the Joker, right? And so got to make sure that it is... 
um, you know, where that it at least at least mentions him, you know, and especially with the Joker coming out later this year, I think it's going to be a phenomenal movie. So we'll see. Yeah, that's another thing. We haven't heard a lot about that movie in recent weeks. So um, no, I, in fact, I think that they're still filming it. Are they really? Yeah, I think they are still filming it. They must be in like reshoots by now because it's, it comes out in what October. Yeah, yeah. So they've got to be in reshoots right now, which is fine. Nothing wrong with reshoots. Reshoots yep. are good. Um, so yeah, so that's yeah. really exciting. Um, so, you know, again, we don't want to spend too much time on this because we have other stuff we want to talk about. Right, tonight. and there's not really a lot that we know no. about it. We just kind of know the characters. Uh, once again, right yeah. now, as far as we know, in Suicide Squad, you've got uh, Idris Elba as Deadshot, and really the whole movie is going to revolve around Deadshot. You've got Ratcatcher, you've got King Shark, you've got Polka Dot Man, and you've got Peacemaker, who is rumored to be uh, played by Dave Bautista. So let's get to the fun shit. Oh, and Rick Flagg. Apparently. Whatever. He sucks. Yeah. Um, so in in the news a lot lately, we talked about the Oscars a few weeks ago. And ever since the Oscars have happened, there's been this big debate going on in Hollywood, 100% fueled by Mr. Steven Spielberg. Yep. Who is all in a little tizzy about uh, Roma in particular getting nominated for an Oscar um, because it uh, – it, it was a Netflix movie. It did not have a, uh, a wide theatrical release like all of the other movies that were uh, nominated and or won Oscars. Um, so he has started this this crusade, let's call it. Yeah. And I'm going to call it ill-fated. Yeah. Um, That's and, a good word for it, crusade. Yeah. Because it's just as Because dumb. he's all up in arms about the fact his belief is that – and he's not alone in his beliefs, to be fair. He believes that in order to be considered for an Oscar – your movie, the movie, needs to have some sort of release in theaters, in in, in movie theaters. Um, right now, the the sort of time frame that everyone's sort of settling on is a as a minimum of a four week release. Right. Um, right. So let's talk about this for a minute. So just at the at before we get into his why this is not a good idea for the from the movie industry perspective. Right. Let's just talk about it from a consumer perspective. Yeah, 100%, because that's exactly what we are. Right. We are consumers of movies, right? And, and we are that audience. And our thought on this is we don't agree with Steven Spielberg, but at the same time, who the fuck cares? Because yeah. when you make yeah. a movie... Whether if you make a movie that is if you are a director and you yep. make a movie that you know is going direct to Netflix or direct to Hulu or direct to Amazon, whatever your streaming service is, you are making that movie in the exact same manner that you were making a movie if it were going to appear on the big screen, with a couple of exceptions, maybe on the type of film you're using. Like obviously you're not gonna film in IMAX if you're doing a streaming only release. With, right. a, with that minor right. exception, the movie is made in the exact same fucking way. So who cares? Why is this a big deal? I'll tell you why it's a big deal. Because Steven Spielberg is a fucking cocksucker. Like, <laughs> just, like, who cares? If you're, like, he, he's gotten to the point of his career. I guarantee you the Steven Spielberg of 35, 40 years ago would not be making this argument because he has clearly gotten to the point in his career where his ego has gotten so much bigger than his dick has been at this point that he feels the need that, like, he, all he cares about, his argument to me, all he cares about about is recognition for his movie and to me if you're an artist director 
producer, writer, actor, whatever. Yep. The main thing you should be caring about is the quality of your art. Well, not only that, but getting it out to the largest audience that's possible. You want to be able, if you create art, you're, you're the reason for creating art is so that you can get people who want to enjoy your art the opportunity to enjoy your art. Yeah, you want right? people to consume and it. You want people to react. as soon as something gets loaded onto Netflix, it is available to 150 million viewers. Yeah. Immediately. Exactly. Literally immediately. Yeah. So what this all boils down to is that, you know, again, the Oscars. We've already talked about how the Oscars are full of shit. Because it's a right. literal handful of people. There are 8 billion people in this world. And you mean to tell me that we're that concerned about what these 5,500 people care about your product, your, your produced movie? Now, I'm sure that there is a lot of pride one would feel when winning an Oscar. I, I can totally understand that. Sure. But to, to make this argument, that says to me that his only concern here is winning Oscars. And that, if you're an artist making movies, that to me should not be your end game. Right. And it's almost that he's like bitter because it may be like, he, maybe he views this as like, it's something that's easier to do. Right. Exactly. It's a very elitist argument. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a very elitist, elitist argument. argument. And it's almost like he had, oh, because he went through all of the, the trials and tribulations and, and laid the groundwork in order, you know, to get his Oscar nominations. Right. Now somebody can just have something that goes direct to Netflix or, you know, and then when does the slippery slope come in? Right. Like what happens if somebody releases something straight to YouTube or exactly. straight to something else, whatever. Right. I don't care. The fact of the matter is, if something is that great, it should get the Oscar nod, yep. right? Like, if it's that great and that many people like it, whether it's released, no matter what medium it's released on, in the theaters, on Netflix, direct-to-TV, shit, it could be a Hallmark fucking movie, and I wouldn't care. It's going to be awesome. Like, if it's good, it's good. D give daps for daps. I knew you were going to say that. I was waiting for you to say it. I was waiting for you to say it. Give daps for daps or two, man. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And like I said, I, it just feels like a really a scumbag elitist argument to make. It's like, you know, very nose in the air. Like, oh, excuse me. If you have not been released in uh, major motion pictures for a minimum of four weeks, you have, mm, you cannot be nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Mm, yeah, <laughs> man, man. yeah. It's just like, like, yeah. get, like, get off your fucking, like, get over yourself, man, okay? Yeah. Yeah, come yourself. on, come on. But let's like, go. I get it. Like you're a big name director, right? But you did a terrible job with Ready Player One. You, oh like, yeah. It it was. I guess for those who didn't read the book, I guess it was somewhat of a fun movie. But like, it was just. It was not good. I didn't like the storytelling. I didn't like the way that it was directed. It just. It wasn't. It wasn't complete. No, it was a garbage movie. Yeah, it was a garbage movie. And and like it had moments, but whatever. But, like, you can't make a movie like that that's so chocked full of obvious nostalgia and, and all of that and then complain that, you know, people want to watch movies on Netflix. Not everybody has a movie theater that's, you know, within a 10-minute a, a or 15-minute drive from them. You know, some people have to drive far away in order to go to their local movie theater, right? Exactly. You know? So it's not like it's readily available, whereas – as long as you have the internet or even nowadays a cell phone service, right, you're going to be able to go on Netflix and, and watch Netflix and, and see these movies. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And let's look at now – let's go a little bit deeper and let's look yeah. at why if, if he were to actually succeed in convincing the Academy of these rules, let's talk about why that's bad 
for just content creators in general. There's a, a couple of reasons for it. Um, the, the main reason that pops up to me is that it's going to, I think it's really going to in the long run harm the product because what, 100%. what, what you talk, what, what, what people don't realize that might be on the side of the Steven Spielberg argument is that in order to get distribution in a movie theater, especially to get wide distribution. Yeah, 4,000 screens. Yeah, that costs a lot of money. That costs a shit ton of money. Yeah, and if you're and if you're ridiculous. yeah, if you're making a movie that's not for one of the big studios or even a medium-sized studio, you are going to just you're going to bleed yourself dry trying to get your movie A promoted and B in theaters for for 4 weeks too like it's one thing to just get it you know an indie an indie style run one to two right. weeks limited release right. but to try to get a wide release or even a semi wide release for 4 whole weeks that's how how long most movies run between four and eight weeks. Like, yeah, that's a lot of time and effort, and that is really going to stifle creativity and harm people in the long run if they are forced to 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 focus on that instead of the quality of their products. Right, and if you take a look at Netflix movies, with um, you know, just literally yesterday was the release of Triple Frontier. Yeah. Now I haven't seen that yet, but I've heard nothing but like just stellar reviews of it and talking yeah. about how great of a movie it is, right? So you have things like that and it's just like like you're just going to stifle that creativity. You'll never get those kind of things. And like if that movie is is as good as people say, then, you know, maybe it does deserve an Oscar nod or, you know, a, a nod for some kind of award, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right? You know, you shouldn't it shouldn't it shouldn't be an elitist filtering process. Right. It feels like that's really what he wants yeah and it's like only people who can afford to do it it just seems so elite and that's the thing too like and if it, you're it literally seems nothing more than a filtering process and that's the kind of thing too like if you're the kind of director or or actor or producer like that you you're the main thing you care about is recognition for your work and those people do exist uh-huh. fine yeah but if you're not that kind of person you just want to share your creativity with the world that should be fine too yeah you know like who the what fuck he, cares what is he think that he's going to make less money because he, what are you not Steven Spielberg anymore you're going to still make Steven Spielberg money see that no see matter that. whether you direct something for Netflix or you direct something for you know major major release see that's that I think is where the elitist part of the argument comes in and all the things I've read I haven't read a single thing about him complaining about money I don't think no. he cares about the money I think no. it's all about the recognition and the, yeah. and, the and the the pomp and circumstance oh that because comes I had it. to do it this way I had to go through all of yeah. this hardship so should every Else. It's ridiculous. Well, whatever. And to be fair, now let's 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 also make one thing 100% clear. We love going to the movies. Absolutely. I we are not advocating for you know all movies to be released on Netflix. We we 100% love the the thrill and the excitement of going to see a movie, whether yeah. it's a movie like Avengers: Infinity War or a movie like Roma like, or Glass. Yeah, like going to the theater. <laughs> going to the theater is an experience that that I also do not want to lose. Yeah. And if he if he was to even make some sort of reference to him caring about that. I would be a little bit more on his side in the argument, but again, he hasn't mentioned one thing about that. He literally seems to care except about nothing except his elitist recognition. Yeah, and it's dumb. Yeah, and it, it really seems that it's just it's just bitter. Yeah, like it's just bitter. Like oh, like you know, 
Like, oh, I had it so rough. It's it, there's a great line from uh, the movie As Good as It Gets. It's one of my favorite lines. That's a great where movie. Jack Nicholson is sitting in the back of the car great and he movie. goes, "It's not that you're mad that you had it so bad. You're just pissed." Because other people have it so good. Exactly. Right? And that's really what it feels like. It just feels like sour grapes. It really is. It really does feel like sour grapes. I completely agree. Because, you know, the other thing, too, is, you know, for, for, for better or worse, uh, Netflix, Netflix greenlights everything that gets put in front of it. South Park even did a great <laughs> episode about this. Like, so, so if you're and not like, everything that it does is good. No, like, no, it does a lot of things that no. are good, but like, I actually, I actually posted on this about, on Facebook this the other day. Netflix is 100% more concerned with, uh, qual, I'm um, sorry, quantity over quality, which that's, right. that's a, a whole separate problem. That's like a whole separate debate of how Netflix needs to rein that shit in, but it shouldn't take away from the fact that there is Netflix companies like Netflix really do provide this this area of opportunity for people that are not of Steven Spielberg caliber to get their shit made. Yeah, like they really do. In front of a major audience. I mean, you know, you, that show you was released um, on Lifetime before it was released on Netflix. Right. But it wasn't until it was released on Netflix that it got a big following and that everybody started to know it. Yep. Everybody started to hear about it, right? Which, and it was a great show. Exactly. Right? But if it was only released on Lifetime, it would not have been as recognized, right? And that was. It probably wouldn't even gotten a second season. No, it probably wouldn't have gotten a second season. And it was just such a great show that, like, it deserved a second season it deserved to be recognized all the actors who worked those tireless hours deserve to have that second season right and that put it together the entire crew the production crew that worked on the show deserve to have a second season as well right there's all of these people that are behind the scenes that don't really get the recognition that the actors and director do right and and i think it's really important that you know they have their time where they can get that recognition and netflix is doing just that and I think about I think recognition is is a I, I actually love the point that you made because that's another thing that I think needs to be considered in this argument is that think about you know there there when you look at the grand scheme of how many big budget studio movies uh, come out in a year yeah it's not that many no but when you look at how much shit Netflix is putting out. Those are their those are jobs. They are creating jobs yep. day in and day out for all of their shows. Again, a lot of their shows and movies are fucking terrible. Yep. But the fact remains, they are creating jobs for all of these people. They're really expanding the market in a big way for all those behind the scenes people that you know, are like friend of the show Ed, that are constantly right. working on right. different shows and different movies. Right. They have such a broader. Um, uh, a, a broader uh, palette of things to choose from, whether it's Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, they're all putting out original content. They're employing more people. Like that's just a fact. Yeah, it's a hundred percent a fact. And you know, and if you can't, if you can't picture that, if that's not in your bigger picture of understanding, then fuck you, man. Like you yeah. know, like that's like. Like, there are so many people that work on your films, right? That like deserve to have it seen and, and recognized. Yeah, right. Totally. So like you know. Totally agree. Totally yeah. agree. So yeah. So well, speaking of Netflix, something that I watched on Netflix. So there's oh this new show called The Order, right? Just to talk about how not everything that they do is excellent. Oh, I, I just put that on my queue. Is so no, good? take it off your. Phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I, I watched the first episode and. Man, this was a show that from the premise, that's exactly, I put it on my queue because it looked so far up my alley. Yeah. It was just, I mean, secret societies, pledging, right? Werewolves, witches, magic. I'm like, man, this is going to be great. Watch the show. 
Whole oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> it was not good. <laughs> I watched I watched the first episode and uh yeah, not See, now watch I feel like I kind of have to watch it. <laughs> I, I kind of really want to watch it. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, so so fuck you Steven Spielberg. Get your shit together. Yeah, fuck you Steven Spielberg. And in case we forgot to mention, go support your local movie theaters. Yeah, definitely. Get your $7 smackdown in because I tell you what we did this weekend. We supported our local movie theaters. And, and got we, a chance to see it for $7. And I couldn't believe we got a chance to see it for $7. We saw Captain Marvel. Yeah. So it's review time, true reviewers. We are going to give you our in-depth and thoroughly hilarious review of Captain Marvel. Um, so Review time. So, <laughs> <laughs> so all right, let's, get the, let's just get the obvious out of the way. Okay. I'm going to come out and say it. No shame whatsoever. No shame in my game here. I teared up. At the Stanley intro. Oh man, I fucking the swelled Stanley up intro, big yeah. time. Yeah, the Stanley intro was very, very touching. It was really, it was very much deserved. Very much the right time. It was, it was great. You know, I'm glad they did it for Captain Marvel. They didn't have to wait till Avengers Endgame to do it. Although, if they do it again for Endgame, they will. I wouldn't be mad. No, they will. I wouldn't be mad at them. If and I just want to again. talk about too about how brilliant it was too because. Normally, when you see those type of tributes, and this is like like Marvel just doesn't miss a fucking detail, man. Normally, when you see those type of tributes, they're very sappy, they're very emotional, yeah. they're, they're meant to tug on your heartstrings. Yeah. This one was clearly designed not to do that, but it did anyway because what they did yeah. was so. By now, everyone is familiar. When you go see a Marvel movie, they have that intro. It's the the moving images of the characters from the MCU. You see all right. the major characters right. in their action poses, and it all comes together to show Marvel Studios at the end, right? Yeah. So they took exactly that but replaced all of the characters with Stan Lee's various cameos from across the entire MCU yeah. and kept it uh, – there wasn't nothing but Stan Lee. Yeah. Just the whole way through the same music, that same epic yep. music, just the whole thing. And then just after Marvel Studios said, thank you, Stan. And it's just like so simple yeah. but so brilliantly perfect. Yeah, and, and – I mean, even his cameo in I was just gonna say, Marvel dude, was the best. I mean, I mean, it was so good. Hands down, the greatest cameo. Yeah. He's sitting there. He's sitting there on the bus. I would say it's tied. So his his two best cameos what one's were better. The one where he's in the strip club. He's the strip club. Oh, and DJ. Deadpool with <laughs> DJ. One. Yeah, that one. That was that was really good. Yeah, that's. I, I would, I would have to say those two cameos are, are by far yeah. the best ones. Like, so this cameo, show. if you haven't seen Captain Marvel yet, she, she, the scene where she's on the bus, you know, we've all seen the trailer where she punches the old lady. Before she yeah. finds the old lady, she comes up to a guy and he's reading what, what looks like a mall rats script. Well, I mean, that's obviously and, what it well, is. Yeah, but you it literally you says mall rats across, like, in big letters. But you don't really it. realize what it is until she pulls the, the thing down and it's right. Stan Lee and he's rehearsing his line. Yeah. And you see him there. And, and, and it's so great, too. So great. Like a little, just the the tiniest fourth wall break where yeah. she smirks at him. Yeah. He looks up at her and she smirks at him and keeps like just the littlest yeah. fourth just wall a break. Nice, like nice little head nod. Come there. on, yeah, man, really nice so nod. good. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the movie. Okay. What do you want to talk about? The good or the bad first? Let's talk about the good. Awesome. I mean, so overall, right? it's let's, just go, good. let's just go out there and say overall, did you like this movie? This movie kicked ass. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Great. I agree. I, I really enjoyed the movie. Now, was it perfect? Did I think it was on the, the level of Avengers Infinity War? No, absolutely not. Uh, in fact, I don't even think it was probably in the top five Marvel movies of uh, that they've made, right, that are in the MCU. 
But it's definitely in the top ten. Yeah. And it's definitely a very, very good addition. Um, and I was actually – I was very much surprised um, in how much I really did enjoy it. Yeah. Right? Like it was – and how satisfying it was. Completely. They yeah. – like Brie Larson was – Excellent casting. She did yeah. such an incredible job. Very, in the very role. good. Yeah. She really, she really nailed that um, that reimagined version of Captain Marvel. So Captain Marvel, as you guys may or may not know, was was very much reimagined um, in the in the early two thousands. Um, and some some will some will say, depending on who you ask, some will say that she got reimagined again around two thousand twelve when they right. took away her classic leotard and high heeled boot costume and gave her the costume you see in the movie. Right. But if you actually and well, that's partially true. If you actually pay attention to her character, not the way she looks, her actual character in the comic books, right. she really got reimagined back in the early 2000s um, when she really took on that leadership role in the Avengers. She was leading yep. her own team of Avengers, and yep. she was just a complete fucking badass day in and day out. And Brie Larson just really nailed that cocky, like just like fucking awesome attitude that like just take no shit take no prisoners attitude yeah and of what you would imagine a pilot to be exactly too, right like exactly pilots top if, gun. If, if any any of our listeners out there if you've ever met a pilot in real life somebody who actually is a naval aviator or an it just in or is in the air force yeah right you know they they are some of the cockiest most confident people so they, they definitely walk that line between cockiness and, and confidence right but it's just because like you have to be so unbelievably intelligent and so unbelievably talented to be able to fly airplanes like the airplanes that they were flying in this movie. Yep. That you, it, it just makes you have that personality, right? Absolutely. And it's and it's just it's very natural. And I think that she embodied that, right? And it was really great. No, she did a great job. Um, other other characters worth noting: Samuel was fantastic as yeah. a young Nick Fury. The way that they made him young, it yeah. was so smooth. It didn't look choppy. It didn't nope. look fake. It looked so real and so natural. It was great. And I loved I loved the fact that we got to see, for the first time in the MCU since the first Avengers movie, we got to see Phil Coulson back. Yep. And I love what they did with his character yep. um, because, you know, I'll, I'll, some, of the, some of the criticism I've read about Phil Coulson in particular was that the scene where he lets Nick Fury go um, sort of like on a hunch when he had orders to bring him in, but he like trusts Nick Fury and he sort of trusts that he believes in what's happening and that he's on the, on the, on the side of right there. Right. A lot of people commented and saying, well, why would he believe that? Because he's literally just been introduced to space aliens for the first time. Like, why does he all of a sudden believe that? And, the reason for that is they, they hint at it a little bit in, a, in the first Avengers movie, but you really have to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to understand why he acts that way. Yeah. Because in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., they really explore his backstory of his early days of S.H.I.E.L.D. more, and you find out that they expand upon the whole uh, – his obsession with Captain America they talk yeah. about in the Avengers. Yeah, so he's, he's very knowledgeable of Captain America's history, the things with the, with the Tesseract and the Red Skull, all the events of the first Avenger. So, so he's already – sort of believes that there is other shit going on in the world outside of the normal. Yep. Um, so to see Captain Marvel and to see all of that unfold, that was not that far out of the realm of his beliefs, which is yeah. why he was willing to trust Nick Fury's judgment on that one. Yeah, I agree. And um, and I think it was I think it was a nice nod to Agents of Shield, right? To to have his totally. character be that way. Right, and it was, and, and it really ties the entire universe together, which is what they've been trying to do the entire time. And another right? thing that Agents of Shield made 
Captain Marvel better for me as well. So the last season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, they fully introduced the Kree. Okay. And the Kree are like hardcore aggressors, like just like they are right. in the comic books. Right. Experimenting on humans, the, the trying to invade the Earth, so on and so forth. And I, for one, and I think you would agree, I did not see the Kree skull switcheroo coming in. I did yeah. not expect Maybe we should have the, said, I mean, it kind of is an obvious thing with our show, but careful for spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> whoops. Yeah, whoops. Like, I, anyway, I, yeah. I did not see that switcheroo coming in. I, I thought they no. were going to uh, skirt the line a little bit, but I really didn't expect them to have the Kree come out and be the outright bad guys in the movie. Yeah, no. I, I loved it. I loved it, too. I thought it was amazing. In fact, I, I thought they were just going to have the Skrulls be the bad guy because it's so natural. They yep. are bad guys in the comic books very often, right? You know, there's there's rumors and innuendo that they're going to be doing a secret invasion is going to be the next big storyline, yeah. right? Which is then going to lead into Dark Avengers, right? Which is, I mean, an amazing storyline. Um, and I think it would be great because it would get away from that single big baddie that we've had in Thanos, and it would be a, a real, it would be a real different story than they've told yeah. so far, right? But anyway, I, I think that it was just, I, I think they really did a good job with that swerve there. I think it was a really cool swerve without having it to be like. Like done for the sake of doing a swerve, right? Right. Like it was it, it was very natural. It was very cool. Um, and the other thing that I really like, in in addition with the swerve, is when you find out that um, uh, the woman that she sees when she's talking to the the supreme intelligence, right, is actually Marvel. Yes. Right. Is the original Captain Marvel, right? And they gender bent it, right? Yep. Where in the comic books it's a guy, and in this movie it's a woman, right? And it's I, I thought it was a great gender bend. I thought it was a great reveal. And that um, was just really, really. Cool. And that was for me as like a lifelong Marvel fan. That whole arc was such a perfect nod to the comics. Yeah. By the, what they did was they they adapted um, a couple of different storylines for this movie. Um. So so the you know in the the original Captain uh, Marvel Marvel um very similar to that was in the movie. He had come to Earth on a mission from the Kree um, with the end goal of more or less taking over the Earth for the purposes of the Kree army to fight the Skrull army in their never-ending intergalactic war. Right. And just like in the movie, as was in the comic books, they sort of uh, Marvel sort of uh, sees the, the the value in humanity and becomes the uh, has a more savior hero uh, element to that. So ripped right from the comic books, I love that. And the other thing I like too is that you know in the original Kree Skull War story arc from the early seventies, you know the Skrulls were more or less the straight out aggressors, right? Um, right. And and the, and the uh, uh, the Kree were the Kree like some they they had warring factions just like you had in the movie. Like in the movie, you had the Accusers and Jude Law's team right. that were more or less kind of like the rogue Kree, even though the Kree Nation as a whole was against the Skrull. Yep. Um, but then in the second Kree Skull War, which was uh, the, t the the title arc, the story arc was actually called Operation Galactic Storm, I think, Ooh, um, in the early nineties. Um, that's where you really started. To, they started to twist it, um, where they made the the Kree much more of the aggressors than the Skrull. Right. So that war was actually the Shi'ar was involved in that, right. and and everybody's at each other's throats, and the Avengers are involved. But the big twist in that story arc was you found out that the Supreme Intelligence was actually manipulating all of the events 
of the of the war. There, the supreme intelligence was playing all sides against the middle to get what they wanted, and that really, for the first time, established the Cree. I'm sorry, the Cree as aggressors, right. just as much as they were saviors. And that's what I really loved what they did in the movie. They 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 didn't really outright say it, but they hinted at the fact that that's what the supreme intelligence was doing in the movie, right. and it really brought it all together for me and made you feel bad for the squirrels, which again. If fast forward to another 20 years after Operation Galactic Storm, the squirrels are what we see them in the movie today. They are they're a, a dwindling race. Yep. They're no longer like trying to have any sort of galactic supremacy. They're right. more or less just it's, trying to survive. Yeah, just trying to survive. Yeah. Just trying to, to live. Yeah. Right. And I you know and and um, I think it's a really cool concept to go with. Right. And, um, and I think that the way that they did their shape shifting was really cool. Um, I think that one, the action scenes in the movie I thought were great. Um, one of the. Wait, uh, we, wait we, we got to talk about the action scenes for a minute. Yeah. Because this is something, again, that I think Marvel does great that as DC is evolving to this, but they need to work on it a little bit more. So the action scenes in Marvel, they, they, they do this thing where they, they really fit what the characters power sets are what i mean by yeah. that is that you don't have every like every fight is not a kung fu battle with super strength right like you know like like there's a little bit of that in captain right. marvel but when she really learned how to use her powers it was 100% like fucking superman meets goku just like blowing yeah, shit up beams, and like energy dude, beams her energy beams were awesome yeah. right and like we haven't seen that in the marvel movies no. as much right you see it with iron man because he like manufactured right. them but you haven't really seen it i mean even with thor yeah, he only, he only recently did the lightning right in uh, avengers infinity war and yep. ragnarok right he never really used it before then Right? And you get he one just of my, uses hammer. One of my favorite parts of the movie was at the end too, to to, to keep with that whole like we're, we're staying true to the characters was when uh, Jude Law's character gave that whole speech. You know, it was like you were never able to beat me without your powers. Like prove yeah. yourself to me now, prove yourself oh, to me. Man. And she just fucking blasts yeah, him, dude. Such an Indiana Jones dude, moment, so dude. Great. Just, just absolutely blasts him. Shit like, works no, every I'm not time. gonna fight you. This is stupid. I'm just gonna blast you. I'm just gonna win. Yep, the right? shit works every time. Yeah, it it's awesome. So good. It, it was so good. Good. And like there was there was great scenes where she had, you know, real nods to the comic books where she's wearing the helmet and she's flying around. And yeah. then literally, I mean, there's so many people out there who have made the uh, the the connection between Captain Marvel and Dragon Ball. Because she went Super Saiyan. <laughs> she she really literally did, goes yeah. Super Saiyan in the movie. And I could not have been more of a fan of it. Dude. Like I was like so excited. I'm like, oh my God, she went Super Saiyan. And it's a way for her to be more powerful without having to like go through anything. Yep. Like, she just kind of powers up and she gets to use 100% of her power. And let's also not forget the fact that this is one of those movies that also did such an incredible job with um, a main supporting at, uh, character – in, uh, in, in Monica uh, uh, Rambeau. Yeah, Monica no, I'm sorry. Rambeau. Monica was the daughter. What was the mother's name? Uh, uh, Monica was the daughter's name. I'm forgetting. But anyway, yeah. the, the mother. So, so that was cool for two reasons. A, because she was a great supporting character. And she was – you really felt like they had good chemistry on screen. She was a fantastic supporting character. I thought she was really well done. But it also brings in a little Easter egg for the Marvel fans out there. Monica Rambeau was in the 70s the – 
third person, I think, to carry the mantle of Captain Marvel. She was the one that had the the white um, suit with right. the kind of like wings almost on it and the right. black photon. pants. Yeah, photon. Photon. yeah. she eventually became Maria, Photon. Maria Rambo. Maria, not Monica. Yeah, Maria, Maria, thank you. Maria. She eventually became Photon, right? right. But she, she, was, she was the Captain Marvel at the time during Secret Wars, right. the first Secret Wars. Right. Um, so that's a cool little Easter egg there because, you know, this movie was set in the 90s, so maybe, you know, when we get back to the present, maybe we're going to see a different iteration of Photon, something right. like that. And they even have it as her call sign on her airplane is yep. it calls her Photon. Yeah, which is right? super which cool. Just awesome. Yeah, yeah super really, amazing. really cool. Um, so let's talk about. Wait, are we done with what we liked? Uh, There's more. Wait, let me but, see. Oh, the cat. Oh, we didn't talk oh, about the, the fucking cat. cat. <laughs> Dude, uh, the uh, fucking cat. The cat was amazing. What do they call her? Goose? Yeah, goose. Yeah, goose. goose the cat, <laughs> Goose, which uh, a nod, obviously, to Top Gun, right? Goose was amazing, right? Yeah. I, I loved it, right? And, oh, and the Tesseract. And the Tesseract was in Loved it, how they brought the Tesseract right? in. And the cat eats the Tesseract, which yep. is great, and then throws it up as the, the end credit scene, yep. which was I, really cool. I loved how they brought the Tesseract into it. I thought that yeah. was a cool little like way to tie everything together. Yep. And then, the, and, then, and then, of course, we all got excited when Fury's sitting there typing at the end. The Protector Initiative. Okay. So this is a good way to, to transition because that was something I didn't like. Oh god, here just, we go. It was a way. It was a way to explain something that didn't need explaining. I also didn't like the way that that he lost his eye. Okay, right? wait, wait. Before we get into the eye part, okay. What, so I agree that it didn't need explaining. It just didn't. It was just forced. It but just, no, it, it wasn't so forced. cheesy. But that oh, was it's made not it gonna great. be. It's not gonna be. What did? It, what was the original one instead of the Avengers? protector? The, right, the protective. Yeah, initiative. the protective initiative. Yeah, right. And instead, it's the Avenger initiative. Yeah, because that's her call sign. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Dude, that was so. No, no, no. it was so dumb. So I totally so agree. Dumb. No, I totally so agree. Dumb. So cheesy, so dumb. Uh, but that, no, no, but it that didn't need explaining. It just didn't. No, it know. needs explaining. You know why? Because Captain Marvel is the actual first Avenger. Like that's why it's cool. She is the actual first Avenger, not Captain America. Captain Marvel but is the Captain first America Avenger. But Captain America existed before Captain Marvel. But that was but long before any any thought of the Avengers was the even Avengers in the air. So, and, but, you, but you know the reason why they did that? The reason why they threw that scene in there? As cheesy as it was, and I totally agree, it's all to fuck with your mind because they are trying to get you set up for the fact that Captain Marvel is going to be 100% the leader of the Avengers of the future. Oh, yeah. That's why yeah, they did it. forward, it's definitely going to be um, Captain Marvel. But that's why they threw that cheese ball scene in there because yeah. they wanted you to just like, you know, be like, ha-ha, yeah, I, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. And it's fine. Like it wasn't. It, it was really, totally cheesy. Though. It was so cheesy, yeah. and it was so unnecessary. And it was just that was like a swerve to for the sake of being a swerve, yeah. right? And it was just I don't know. And see, I thought I was like, I, like when that came up, it was like a groan for yeah. me. Like I saw it, and he changed. He like deletes it, and as he's deleting it, I'm just like, oh, like, come yeah. on. I'm like, all right, whatever. Now, it's fine. <laughs> now regarding Nick Fury's eye, I, 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 I. I I, I thought I, that his eye, I. the reason why I like it, because again, so cheesy, so, so dumb. dumb, but the reason why I like so it dumb. is because they went with like, I, there's a, there's a name for this comedy routine. Like I'm not okay. a comedian, so I'm not going to be able to tell you what the actual name is, but okay. where they like, well, where they, where they, where they, where they, but <laughs> I, 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 I want to explain why right, I think it's right, funny because right, I've right. seen it done in other movies right, before yeah. where they, they, like they, they, they go you, you know what it is it's the same thing they did in remember 21 jump street yes 
where they're in that big car chase scene, right? Yeah. And they 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 the car crashes into the tanker truck, right. and they all hunker down because they right. think it's going to explode. Right. And it's, then a, it's a movie explode. trope. Right. And then and then it hits like the the the, the propane tank. And it still doesn't explode. Right. And then it hits the thing full of chickens and explodes. Yeah, it explodes. So Captain Marvel did that same thing, the first scene where Fury got his eye fucked up the first time. It's right. like, and you think that was it. And it's like, no, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. And then it happens again. No, no, I'm fine. Yeah. And then it's the cat scratch, and like that's what okay. does it. So, so it's, it's like a little comedy trope. And the only reason why I like it is because at the end, when Coulson is like, like oh, so you really lost your eye uh, uh, saving the, the Tesseract from the, the scroll or the yeah, great war. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but you know that's not true. Like, it's so dumb, but it's so funny. Yeah, and I agree. And they actually did the same thing in the first Iron Man movie, right? When he's testing out his armors. And exactly. And, the, and you, the robot, right? Exactly. Is on, um, is on, you're on fire. You're on fire control, duty. Right? And then it goes and it like points the thing at him. He's like, ah! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then eventually he crashes. Like it's a comedy like, bit. Yeah, like a classic like comedy bit. And you're just waiting for it. You're like waiting for it, waiting for it. And then finally it delivers. Yeah. And it gives you that satisfaction. Yeah. There's a name for that. I don't know what it is. Yeah. Like, I got to look it up. But that's why I liked it because like I, I totally agree with you. If, if, they were, if nothing else happened and the cat scratched his eye and that was it, I'd be like, well, that's dumb. That's yeah. really fucking stupid. Yeah. But because they they had that build up that was so hilariously ridiculous, I just I, I couldn't help but like it. Yeah. No. You know what? When you put it that way, it actually yeah I can I get it right and like yeah okay right and it's it's more funny because they're like they were making up like oh this is really the way you lost your eye exactly. right and it becomes more of like a legend than than what exactly. it actually was. It's not just like an alien cat scratches his eye right. So what was your biggest problem with the movies? I know what mine was. Um. My biggest problem with the movie is that it was also one of the things that I liked about the movie um, was that I never really felt that Captain Marvel was in danger, right? Like, she's so powerful and she's so, like, you never really – she never really feels like she's in, in that much danger. And it really feels like you're just kind of, like, you're just going through the story. Right, which, so you're just. Which you're sometimes just, you need that. Which 100, percent right? You know, very similar to the way that I described Creed 2, right? And how Creed 2 just when I went to see that movie, it seemed like just going down to sit at a great steak dinner, right? You're not surprised. You know exactly yeah. what you're gonna get. It's gonna be a steak. It's gonna be cooked medium rare. It's not gonna be anything that's more or less. When you go out for a nice steak dinner, that's exactly what you're going to get, right? So you know what you're going to get, and you're not surprised, and you're very satisfied with it. You're going to get exactly what you want. Totally right? agree. With that, with that steak dinner. And that's exactly what this was. Yeah. My only complaint with it um, would be just that, um, as well as I didn't like the way that they did the Supreme Intelligence. I didn't like that they made it an AI program, right? I, I didn't like that. I wish they would have actually shown the head in the glass, right, with the tentacles, the giant green floating head. Okay. I, I wish that – and there's still a chance for them to do that in the future, right, where they still can reveal that because that as a part of the Kree, that Supreme Intelligence, is like such a big oh, part of thing, their yeah. story, right, and having that, that Supreme Intelligence entity that like I really didn't like it being AI. Or even if it was AI, even if it was a computer, you know, maybe do it in the way that, that Terminator did it, right? Where you have it just be the face in the screen, right? And actually have it and give us that nod back to the comic books. Again, nitpicking. Actually. Actually. Yeah. Actually. So, so that is that is that is that is classic Anthony fanboy nitpicking. <laughs> because the most important thing that I will remind the true reviewers is that even though the Supreme Intelligence was not a giant floating head with tentacles in a glass 
glass jar, it was still the collective consciousness of the entire Kree Empire. Right. And that's all that matters. Right. And it was still an entity, right? So even if you were going to do the artificial intelligence, right, and that collective intelligence, you know. What are you, what are you maybe, mad that? What are you mad that Marvel was a woman too? No, I, I said that I like that. I, I told you I said yeah. that. Okay. I didn't really like Jude Law's character though. I didn't like the way he played his character. That's definite. I didn't have a problem with it. I thought yeah, I didn't have a problem. I just didn't like it. Yeah, because you know his yeah. character was the, it was one of those situations where his character wasn't really the villain. The villain was the Cree as a whole. So while I agree with you, I don't think I right, love just a soldier. Right, exactly. I agree that I don't love the way he played the character, but at the end of the day, I'm okay with it because I know that that he was just a soldier and the real villain is the supreme intelligence. Right. Um, right. And there wasn't one of the things that I did like, there wasn't even though there was like space and there was aliens and everything, there wasn't like a world-ending villain. That, right? was, per- that was good. Like, so so good. great. So, so good. great. So Here's good. a way to make a great, very satisfying palette, like satisfying uh, movie where you yep. don't have to have a big world-ending villain. You don't always need that. And before the fanboys, an interesting story. Before the fanboys start arguing and they say, "Well, what about when Ronan showed up with his three ships and shot giant rockets at the Earth?" That doesn't count because the ro- the rockets barely broke through the atmosphere. Yeah, barely. The fight happened in the did, middle yeah. of the desert. Nobody was ever going to know that they were even there. So yeah. it doesn't. It's not the same thing. No, you was, dickheads. Yeah, shut up. I, I didn't like that part either. Like, if Ronan the Yakut, I, I was hoping for like a showdown between Ronan the Accuser and Captain Marvel. Like, why didn't we get that? Ronan the Accuser. Captain Marvel 2. Oh, well, he's coming. We were just saying that's going to be in Captain Marvel 2. Oh, there's there, Captain Marvel 2, I, I 100% guarantee you. Is going to be like what happens be between Captain Marvel and exactly. the uh, end game. Exactly. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I can you. definitely see that. But, I mean, as, as far as, like, I, I wanted to see it. Like, why not, and not, why not have him lose, right? And then, like... You know, that's why he goes and he goes like, you know, and he tries to like See, I get didn't more training s- or more powerful and Ronan the Accuser becomes more powerful. See, I did not want to see that for the exact reason you mentioned before about the steak dinner. I wanted to go into this movie. I wanted it to be the first movie of the pretty much the entire Marvel uni- Cinematic Universe where we knew that there was – no danger to the hero at all. We knew that once yeah, she really unlocked wasn't. her powers, she was going to just butt fuck everybody and nobody could hold a candle to her because we because i wanted her to come back i wanted her to to really rise to the occasion as probably the most powerful hero in the mcu right now so i was by far i was glad yeah so i was glad we didn't get that showdown because i really wanted i really wanted her to just kick asses left and right and that's exactly what she did that made me really happy take notes dc because this is the way you should exactly do your superman story you don't need a world-ending villain right you can do a superman story that's really interesting right and just and never really have him in danger right he's just superman the entire time right and that that's the way you could do a great superman movie marvel has done superman better than dc has already absolutely 100 percent so I'm going to tell you what I didn't like. There were two things I didn't like. Okay. The first thing is not that big of a deal because they corrected it pretty early on. The first act of the movie is very, very dense. There's a lot happening very quickly, and the pacing yeah. is just a little off yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I would 100% agree with that. And, and the, the reason why it's okay, and I said this before, like pacing is not everything. Like, like We talked about Alita and the pacing, but right. just like Alita, even though the pacing was a little off in the first act – 
there were no plot holes. The story held together, right. and the characters got their proper due time and development. And that's the most important thing at the end of the day. So it's a little clunky in the first like 30 minutes or so. But it, it quickly course corrects and the story gets time to breathe directly after that. Yeah, one hundred. Like pretty much, pretty much after everything after that, that she, everything after the time that she gets captured, that, that then the story really starts to open up and breathe. Yeah. So the thing that I really did not like that really bothered me, and it's the same thing that bothered me about a particular scene in Aquaman, and because it just like it, it like like I said, I'm always willing to suspend certain elements of disbelief for sure. this movie. Sure. But when they had the whole revelation on the farm with uh with, with Monica Rambo or right. Maria Rambo, whatever, Maria. Um, and the and the scrolls are there and they're like, Oh, we're gonna uh, uh, take the, the quad jet and uh, you know, shoot it into space and, and the the one scroll scientist, he's like, Don't worry, I got this, no problem. Yep. You know, and he like overnight equips the jet to go into space like that was only half believable because again you know it's it's the the scrolls they already established the scrolls had been on earth for quite a long time at that point so it's not outside of the realm of possibility that they were very familiar with earth technology and were able to do this right but to do it in one night a little bit ridiculous it's the same thing aquaman did but again it's not as bad as the way aquaman did it because it wasn't a it was an aquaman it was a human working on alien tech for the first time not an alien working on human tech for the probably 100th or 150th time right but the thing that really bothered me was that they they in order to move the story along they go into space the non-human i'm sorry the non-powered characters so fury and rambo with jeans and, and and a jacket yeah like that just like yeah. that like that was really yeah. hard for me to stomach because yeah. it was just like come on especially especially, as an, especially, as an Air seeing, Force pilot, especially seeing the new trailer for avengers when they're all wearing spacesuits they're literally all wearing spacesuits yeah right and so like you know it's it's just one of those things i agree yeah. i i didn't, I didn't and really again like that and, and again i'm not gonna harp on it too much because it, it didn't it didn't take away from the story it just like really like because because it, 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 you know we, it, it didn't it didn't do any damage to the characters of Fury or, or Rambo so that's why it's not that big right. of a deal but just one of those moments that made you sit there and go come on yeah like, it's like yeah you could have right. done this a different way and yeah. did, did you catch Quadjet yes Quinjet the Quinjet Quad yeah, Quadjet like yeah, that man, I like that. I did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and there was a lot of those little nods. I mean, and that's what really made the the movie so lovable is that yeah. there were a lot of different nods, like the the Terminator scene that oh, she does, man. right, where she she when she's in Blockbuster and she blasts the Terminator. Yeah. Um, no, it's true. It was a True Lies billboard. Oh, that's right. It was, it was True, true lies. lies. It was a True Lies billboard. <laughs> and then she goes and then she steals the motorcycle and the jacket and the clothes yep. and everything. Nice Give little your jacket, your jeans, your boots, your motorcycle. Right? Like she goes and she steals it. And like, yeah, I thought that was really cool. He goes, where's your, where's your, where's your, uh, where's your communication tech? And the guy's like, the radio shack. <laughs> oh yeah. god. Yeah, a lot of a lot of good juicy nostalgia there, and yeah, and, uh, just really good. And of course, you know, again, the, the after credit scene. The after credit scene was great, and one of the best Stanley cameos uh, ever. That, in my opinion, uh, either tied for first or slightly second. It's my it's um, my number one for yeah. me, hundred percent. Yeah, especially because like Mallrats was his first movie that yeah. he did. It was the first major movie that exactly. He did. So like that's what I'm saying. If it wasn't Mallrats, if he was just reading, you know, if he was just reading yeah. anything. A newspaper, you know, like, or, or, or even a comic book, it yeah. would have been as cool. But the, the fact that he was reading, and Mall he's Rats. practicing the line of true believers, yes, right? Like, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, okay, that's true what believer. makes it the best. Okay, true believer. Okay, uh, true believer. Um, 
Yeah, and, and then just real quick, because this leads right into our uh, our review for the, or I'm sorry, our trailer review for the evening. Yeah. Uh, the the after credit scene was just so fap worthy. Oh my yeah, god! 100%. Like it was just great. Oh, they're working with you the know? communicator, and then, and then she boom, she's just there. Yeah, she's theory. just there. She's like, just oh. like it's just there, oh. which I love, right? Like because like that's the way her powers work. Yep. She's just she can phase, right? Yep. So she's just there. Oh, like I, and I feel like that's really cool because I feel like there's a lot of her powers that they haven't even explored yet. Totally right, and that that we're gonna get a chance to see where she can do things like vision, where she can phase in between things, right? Totally. And she just like again, she's just the most powerful character that's there. So speaking of the after credit scene, the last thing we want to talk about tonight is it just dropped today. Today, surprise. The second full-length trailer. <laughs> the second full-length trailer for Avengers Endgame. And oh, man, is it fat-worthy? Fuck, man, oh, fuck. Holy so, shit. So first of all, I just want to say, awesome. I just want to say that Marvel again, so brilliant because there, there was no, you know, there was no trailer release speculation there was no trailer drop date there was no like when are we getting the next trailer when's it happening oh it's going to be dropped on this date there's a new trailer coming no rumors it was just like i woke up today and holy shit there's a new avengers trailer and the fucking internet was going wild yeah, like i love the fact that they just it just dropped it on you like yeah. bam right there yeah right in your face out of nowhere Right, which is the way I think they're going to do the Star Wars trailer too. Like I'm telling Star you, Wars 100%. The, 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 the reason why we're not seeing a Star Wars trailer yet is because they're waiting for Infinity War. I'm sorry, Endgame to come out. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to see a Star Wars trailer until, until mid-April. How cool would it be if we got the Joker trailer before Endgame? I don't think DC. I don't even think D, even DC is that stupid because they what, know. What do you mean? And before Captain Marvel, we got a Shazam trailer. Oh, I'm sorry. You, oh, you mean you mean when you go to see Endgame in the theater? Yeah, you yeah, see yeah. The no. first trailer for Joker. I wouldn't be surprised. I thought I think meant... that would be awesome. I think it's a way for them to get so many people yeah. to see the Joker trailer. No, I totally. think it's great. Totally. I thought you meant is DC going to release the trailer um, like just you know before the no, movie? No, no, comes no. Out? I mean like, that would be foolish. Like, literally during yeah. like as, like right before the movie. I agree, and I hope they do that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it would be awesome. So let's talk about this trailer for a moment. I just yeah, it's. Everything, but my favorite part of the trailer, yeah. my favorite part of the trailer is Damn. Hawkeye's, Hawkeye's fucking, like, douchebag, oh, like, shade, frat the shade, boy. Oh, Yo, the Hawkeye, the Hawkeye oh, looks it. like he it. just came from winning, like, the fucking three-time All-State Capital Beer Pong Championship <laughs> with that fucking mohawk, man. He is just, like... It is such a bro hawk, and I uh, love it. I love the fact that he, he even had like the shit like uh, shaved in the side of his head. Yeah, like, I fucking I'm, love man, the bro hawk. Man, I was just hawk. waiting to see his Delta Iota Kappa like letters. Man, man. I love the bro hawk. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's so good. It was so good. I really liked it. I, I think he looked great as Ronan. I think it's going to be a cool scene. Um, I, I think it's incredibly interesting because they didn't show Thanos. They didn't show anybody that they fight. They didn't show anything. They didn't show anything. We we like we, the, the the trailer was actually very sullen. It yeah. was very it was very heavy. Yeah. It was like it was like like it, it kind of like it was emotional. It was a very heavy trailer. The only thing new I think we got from a story perspective is something that we actually speculated on um, a few weeks ago was that it does really feel from this trailer that a fairly significant amount of time has passed yeah. between Infinity War and Endgame. Yeah. Which I think is, like, brilliant. I yeah. think that's, 
like awesome because you know you'd have to imagine like I, I'm willing to bet that a couple of the small action clips we see in this movie probably or I'm sorry in the trailer probably are not really related to the overall story it's more or less just like because you know half the population is still there so there's half a world that still needs saving yeah i bet one of the scenes we're going to get is just one that's totally unrelated to the overall story and it's just the remaining avengers still being avengers and right like saving the day and, and not only that maybe doing even more menial things like the, the that cops usually would because you got to think that the police are going to be they're they're cutting hundred percent right, and 100%. people are probably starting to like loot and everything like that and go crazy. So they've got to keep the order and they've got to keep the peace, which is the way that I think that they're going to reintroduce Hawkeye, yep. right, or as Ronan. And I think it's going to be really cool. Like I, I think it's a really interesting way to do it, and you can see that like like how like it's still like so so interesting to to think how are they going. How are they going to change everything? How are they going to get it back? How are they going to be able to yep. to bring everyone back to life and and to make this, you know, something that is it just kind of yeah the, re- undo- undoes everything that they've done already. And that again, that again, I think is the only thing we really know for certain um, about this movie is that it's going to somehow, some way involve either a time travel. And yeah. or be the quantum realm. Yeah. Because we know that Ant Man is going to be a critical part. Yeah. How does he, he get out of the quantum realm? We don't know that. Exactly. Like he wasn't in Infinity War at all. They no. explained why he wasn't there, which right. made sense. Yeah. Um. And and that's like, you know, that that's how we're going to get it. And um, I. Yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> definitely a big X factor there, which is going to be really cool. I think that um, I think it's going to be interesting to see if. Uh, um, you know, who and how they bring everybody together and what their plan is. Like, they're obviously in space suits. Yep. They're going to go into outer space, right? Like, do they have, like, a quantum drive engine which can, can bring them to uh, 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 Titan without them, you know, like... Like, how are they going to get – and then is Thanos going to know that they're Well, do there? they even like, need to go to Titan? Because, you know, at the end of Infinity War, and even in the trailer a little bit, looks like Thanos is just chilling in Wakanda or someplace nearby. Well, I don't think he's nearby. I think he's I think he's on Titan again. No, in the in the trailer, in the, in the first trailer, remember there's a scene of him, the gladiator scene, where he's walking through the fields with the Infinity Gauntlet and he's touching the flowers? That's that might not be Wakanda, but it's certainly not Titan. Titan's decimated. Remember, oh, there were yeah. flowers where he yeah, was. Yeah, there was. He's, well, but I mean, it he's maybe probably he did somewhere it with on the Earth. Reality Stone. Could be. Know, he could have. He could have. Like you know, that was something that yeah. you know he he did. But, I see, hope, but this I is what hope I that love. we do get Monk uh, Thanos though. I hope that we get oh, yeah. him in the Monk garb and he's there because like he accomplished his goal, right? So he's he's there and he's very benevolent, like. No, I'm already and this, done. Right? And this conversation is exactly why I think these trailers are so brilliant. Because yeah, hundred percent. They literally, they literally don't tell us anything. No, it's so great, and, and I don't want them to. I know, you know, no. and I'm glad that it's it's literally only like a like a month and a half away, right? You know, so we know this is all we're gonna get. Yeah, this so we know it. that this is all we're gonna get, and and I think it's man, it's gonna be so good. Mark your calendars. I've got an alert set up on my yep. Fandango account. Yep. The last moment in April. tickets go on sale, I am purchasing them. Oh, absolutely. The moment we will be there on maybe not opening night, but most certainly opening weekend. Yeah, for sure. And and I honestly, I mean, I'm, I'm just this is just me talking. I'm not. Gonna, I I will probably go see it twice in the first weekend. I'm not even gonna lie because I feel like it's the kind of movie you're gonna need to see twice because the first time i see it 
Because like I, Infinity War, I had to see twice. Like the first time oh, I saw Infinity War, it was all just like boners and jizzing all over the movie theater. <laughs> and then I had to like actually go see it a second time, like really ingest everything like that was happening. happening. Yeah. yeah, like and, I think that's what's gonna be this movie. I mean, they're talking about having it be a three-hour runtime. I hope and, it is. I hope it is because I think that they need that amount of time to oh, yeah. wrap up this story and to to fully tell this story. And, yeah. Hopefully we get it. Hopefully it's as satisfying yeah. as Infinity War was. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the, the you know, they, they did confirm that the, the current runtime is over three hours, and they yeah. haven't said anything since then. So I yeah. think that's what, I think we're going to get that. I think it's going to be, oh, they actually did say, wait, last week, I forgot last week, a, a quick little headline came out that um, the, it, it's officially, uh, the movie is, is done. They've officially wrapped post-production well, anything. yeah like, i mean it's you know, that's it's the no, but, but what i'm saying is I was, I, I was saying that to say that i think that the final runtime will be three maybe three hours and change and change yeah, yeah which yeah. fucking a yeah would be amazing and, and hopefully it'll it'll be as satisfying as we want it to be with that really good guys win you know kind of ending that we're hoping for a hundred percent yeah i think that the one scene that i do like i think is exactly what i uh, postulated a, a, a weeks ago which is uh thor Right, and they're gonna time travel back to that point where yeah. Thor is throwing the axe. Yep. Right, and it's gonna be he's gonna aim for the head. Yeah. Because there's a scene where he's looking down at Stormbreaker. Yep. And I think it's that is a scene right before the end. I think that's too easy of a solution. of an explanation. I, I don't know. It's I don't possible. know. We'll see. And then yeah. he just he goes, "Should I aim for the head?" Because then he has to know. That he's going to kill this person. See, no, it's definitely not that because remember in the remember in the set photos that were leaked like well over a year ago. Okay. There were set photos that showed Ant Man in the Battle of New York. Interesting. No, no, that's not to say it might still not end with Thor killing Thanos in that way. Yeah, interesting. But I think that it's going to be something a little bit more complicated than that. And where is the Hulk? Where's That's the another thing I love. I love Where's the Hulk? We didn't I, even touch on that. I love Where that we have Hulk? not seen the Hulk. Not only did we not see the Hulk, we didn't see um we didn't see Bruce Banner at all. Yeah, at not all. in the new trailer. Yeah. And I'm and everybody has been this this is one of the few fan theories that I think is accurate. Everybody's been speculating that we're gonna get Professor Hulk in this movie, and I really think they're correct about that. I think that yep. that, that is a you know, because they've been going if like you know, a lot of people have been complaining about this, but the people that complain about it are idiots. If you folk, if you follow the character progression of the Hulk, even from the Incredible Hulk, which is part of the MCU, it's all leading up to an evolution of the character. Yeah, and yeah. and Professor Hulk is the most logical end point of this character arc right now. So I think that's what we're going to get in this Man, movie. And, and I really hope that Professor Hulk leads us to a Joe Fix-It movie. <sighs> It'd be so good. Man, Casino with the Hulk, dude. Just, I want, I so want, good, I man. want Goodfellas, I want Godfather with the Hulk. Yep. Right? And it would just be so awesome. Yep. I think it would be so cool. So, as we do every week, we're a little bit over this yeah, week because yeah, we're we have a lot of important things to talk about. Yeah, so a, lot, just, a lot of good stuff. Like, we got into yeah. it. Yeah, so like, you know? so like, you know, take a longer car ride, listen to the podcast. But yeah. as we do every week, <laughs> it's time to do our favorite ending segment of the week that we like to call Winner of the Week. Oh, is that what we're doing? Uh, it's obvious who's going to win the week. It's going to be Captain Marvel again. Why are we doing Winner of the Week? Let's do Will It Suck. But that's a whole... Okay, fine. All right. <laughs> well, <Will it's... laughs> you do you suck? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. 
no. Winner of the week, obviously, it's going to be Captain Marvel again. There's, totally. no, there's no question. There's nothing else that's coming out totally. that's going to even rival it. Nothing else comes out until Shazam, and then Shazam is going to win the week that week. Right? There's, there's nothing else. Right? So, boom. For the next four episodes, we already did Winner of the Week. Okay? <laughs> like, it's going to be Captain Marvel again. <laughs> so then we're going to give you... Will it suck? This is gonna okay. be some great editing. This this is, I can't, I can't be, wait. This might be the best episode ever. I can't no. wait. So, the Will It Suck this week, we want to talk about another uh, trailer that, that came out uh, about a week ago. Yeah, very very recently. Yeah, yeah. very recently. Um, and it is a trailer with Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Oh, man. And he is full on Matthew McConaughey. Wow. Dude, he looks just. You know what he is in this like movie? Great. He's like Hunter S. Thompson. No, oh. I wasn't even gonna say. You know what he is? You ever see Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Yeah. He's fucking Jeff Spicoli, just grown up and rich and rich. And yeah, rich. He's a rich yeah. adult Jeff Spicoli. Yeah. Like, what so... what happens if Spicoli became like God. you know super wealthy and it's just got an all star cast of characters? Dude, Jonah Hill is in this movie. Martin Lawrence, Zac Efron, uh, 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 Amy, not Amy, uh. Isla Fisher. Yeah, Isla Fisher. Like, it, right. dude, it looks, dude. It's so. So this movie yeah, is Beach Bum. Yeah, Beach, Beach Bum. Bum. It's called Beach Bum. Yeah. Snoop Dogg is Snoop in it. Snoop Dogg is in it, right? So it, the hell, yeah. it appears to be about uh, Matthew McConaughey. It plays this uh, this writer um, who has had a, a, a lot of success. It look, I'm going to say Miami. It looks like they're living in Miami. He's yeah, had a lot of success. Like. He's got Definitely a mansion. Some kind of beach town. Yeah, and the whole trailer is just Matthew McConaughey just doing drugs, drinking beers. Fucking bitches, dining on yachts, you know, and, and in between. Being an absolute degenerate. Yeah, and like writing That's what on I said, Hunter S. Thompson, yeah, man. He literally. looks exactly like, you know, just getting into trouble. And it's Hunter S. Thompson meets Jeff Spicoli. That's yeah, Hunt, yeah, it's yeah. Really they did what the fusion dance. That's exactly yeah. what would happen. And, and so, so this movie, the reason why we're saying, the reason why we're saying, uh, will it suck on this one is for one reason and one reason alone. The director of this movie is a guy named Harmony Corrine. Right. And he directed, was probably most well-known for in recent years, uh, about three or four years ago, a movie called Spring Breakers. Right. Now, Which, I wow. love there Spring Breakers. There are some Breakers. reasons to like Spring Breakers. And not, I, <laughs> the reason I like Spring Breakers is not because of the smoke shows that are in bikinis the Holy entire time and cow. shooting Uzis while doing it. I This movie is really one of those, like, you know, just fucking way out there movies with like a completely ridiculous plot. It's got James Franco plays this drug dealer in Miami whose name yeah. is Alien. Yeah. He's got a big grill. It's got um, Selena Gomez in it. Yep. Uh, Ashley Benson from Pretty Little Vanessa Liars. Vanessa Hudgens. Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, they're just all yeah. over in and, thong bikinis. Yeah, and, and like everything. the whole premise they're of the movie super is like duper hot. <laughs> yeah, like like before a, before a thought was a thought. Yeah. These girls were thoughts, and oh, they get man. roped into his uh, James Franco's. Uh, drug uh, drug dealing world, yep. and they end up like killing a bunch of drug dealers at the end. It's a completely right. ridiculous movie, but yeah. it, it's one of those movies that it's all about. It's all about the way that it's shot, and and like the way that it's acted. It's less about the story because it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, 100%. it's all about the other elements surrounding it, and that is exactly what this movie looks like. Yeah, uh, what Beach Bum looks like, and the reason why I say you know, will it suck is because a lot of people, like people, were really split. Critics and fans alike on Spring Breakers. So I think that there's a lot of room for error 
in Beach Bum, just based because it, the 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 whole tone of Beach Bum looks exactly like Spring Breakers. Oh yeah, yeah, and I mean the way that it's shot, the way that the the, the just the film looks, it looks it it looks just great. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? The Fire Festival, right? Oh, this is like this is like what God. if Fire Festival became like a movie if they just like took it to the next level, right? <laughs> like because that's that's what the whole movie is. It's just that like Instagram life, yeah. Just like. Like, you want to live, like, this just ridiculous, like, here's this loser, right? Here's this absolute, like, like loser, degenerate, who just happened to be a good writer. It's like the new American dream, right? Right. It's just the new American dream of, of you could just be an absolute degenerate, but filthy freaking rich. Yep. Right? Like, come on. Like, it just... I don't know. I, uh, I, I I think it looks fantastic. I, I, I think Beach Bum looks absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I'm I super think, hyped. I'm really movie. excited to go and see this movie. Yeah, and I have it on my draft board in the Rotten Tomatoes League. I really needed to do well yeah. because the other Matthew McConaughey movie that I drafted uh, did not do well. New who? And, and I, I refuse to believe that Matthew McConaughey will have two critical bombs in the same year. Just not possible. Can't be Matthew fucking McConaughey. It's Matthew McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. It'd be a lot cooler if you did. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our show. Yeah, on that note, yeah, we'll wrap things up here. We know we went a little bit long for you guys, but hopefully you enjoyed everything. Um, as always, follow us on Instagram. Uh, send us an email. Let us know what you think. Definitely leave comments on the Instagram page. Um, you know, if there's anything that you liked about Captain Marvel that we didn't touch on, let us know about it. We want to hear from you guys. We definitely want to, uh, you know, obviously get a chance to talk about everything else in the future. Hit the subscribe button. Let us know in the comments below what you think. And if you do send us an email, you're going to need to first send us an Instagram DM letting us know that you sent us an email because we don't check the email. See you next week, true reviewers. (laughs) 